We are back and more excited than ever for another season of Major League Baseball. Spring training is underway, and man, we couldn't be more excited. Carlos, how are you feeling about this season? Woo! You know what, man? This is the best time of the year by far, and... It, I mean, who, let's be real here, man. The NFL was rigged from the start. As soon as we saw Taylor Swift come into the scene, we knew they were winning the Super Bowl. The NBA is unbearable to watch. And baseball is the only real sport left, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it definitely feels that way. I mean, there's so much stuff going on, so much traction. You don't get all the hype like those two sports do. Um, but at the same time, you know what I mean? That's what causes the excitement for the season, at least for those that actually like to watch. I know it's a sport that not a lot of people... Not a lot of people seem to like to follow, but, man, there's nothing like baseball. There's nothing like spring training getting kicked off and going, man, and just getting excited with especially all the moves that have happened over the season, over the offseason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, man. And, I mean, I think just going back to that, I think the best part about it is, I mean, you can make all these moves and you can have all these big-name players, but at the end of the day, I mean, that doesn't matter. As we see, you know, every year with the Los Angeles Dodgers, I mean, they always have the best team in baseball and continue to find a way to blow it and continue to find a way to just not win. <laughs> Same thing with uh, like like Arizona, like we saw last year, right? I mean, a team that nobody really thought they would be the team that they were. And then next thing you know, here they are in the World Series, uh, Corbin Carroll leading them to you know, almost to the promised land, I guess you could say, right? He got them there, but just fell a little bit short at the end. As a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie, man, as a That's rookie. So crazy, but they made a couple of uh they made a couple moves that hopefully are gonna help impact them and help them, you know, finally get what they need to. But as we're gonna get into all of it, man, a lot of a lot of crazy transactions, a lot of crazy stuff happening this off season. Leading up to the biggest, the most important, the one everybody was waiting for was uh Shohei Otani signing to uh, what we now presume as the new evil empire in L.A. with the Dodgers over there. I mean, that was expected, right? I mean, we didn't. I don't truly believe anybody saw him staying with the Angels. He was sick of losing, sick of not playing meaningful games. So when it came to free agency, he fucking took his chances and ran with it. Unlike, yeah. you know, other people on that team. Yeah, sorry, Mike Trout, but I don't know what you're still doing over there. I would have, uh, as soon as Otani was gone, I would have said, hey, you need to find a way to get me out of here, too. Yep. You know what I mean? I get it. You're under a nice big contract, this whole loyalty thing, everything like that. I get it, man. But at the end of the day, at least in my perspective, you should want to win. And you should want to win it all. And you're not doing that anytime soon over there in L.A. with no, the Angels. especially right now. Yeah, not anytime soon. But, yeah, Shohei Otani signs a, a massive, massive contract. Ten years, $700 million. And remember, he's he got, well, I guess they never said he got Tommy John, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was, right? right. He got some kind of elbow surgery. So he's not going to be pitching at all this year. He's going to be nothing but DHing. So we'll see how this uh, how this big move really uh, makes an impact, you know what I mean? Right, and everybody was waiting on him to sign, right? This was the first domino to fall this offseason. Every team was waiting on him, you know, to go on with their rosters. But, well, once he signed that 10-year, $700 million, I mean, you knew. I think when he deferred, his how his contract set up is Stupid. weird. Stupid. It's so weird because, yeah, he's going to make overall $700 million. But he's only making two million for the next ten years, two million. So as soon as I saw that, I immediately knew that um, what we now know Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. You know, a of course, a little while later. Yeah. But I mean, the Dodgers are going to be dishing out sixty-eight million dollars starting in twenty thirty-four. 
you got to imagine that that's going to come back and hurt them. I mean, once this whole hype of Otani's gone, once Yamamoto's done, once, you know what I mean, you you also got a Tyler Glass now over there now in a trade with Tampa, with the with the Rays um, that got Glass now and Manuel Margot over there, right? I mean, you have to imagine that all of this deferred money is going to hurt him when it comes when when they're paying at it and the guys aren't there anymore, right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I I can't imagine that this is a good thing for the organization in the future. Right now, sure, yeah, you're all in for now, but what does this hold for the future once these guys after these 10 years, after these 12 years, what is how do, how does this hurt the organization? This is a kind of a eh, fuck it. That's a future problem from now. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, that's really what they're saying. They're like, who cares? We're gonna go win five rings in ten years. Yeah, eh, maybe. Well, I can't, that's probably what they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what they're saying. We're gonna do everything we can to go win these next couple of years because, like we said, they sign Otani. They get the next great thing out of Japan in uh, Yamamoto, right? And then they go and trade for Tyler Glass now. So now your pitching rotation. You add a uh, uh, Bobby Miller that's up and coming, right? Another great prospect that's supposed to be a great pitcher. And then you also get, um, why can't I think of his name? Walker Bueller yeah. that didn't pitch coming, last year. You know what I mean? Tommy John, yep. Yeah, he's coming off of Tommy John coming back. So if this guy can be just as good as he was, you know, in the years before, you'd have to imagine that this starting rotation is just unreal, like unhittable. You know what I mean? Right. And, I mean, they, they have, you know, that young team. I mean, Let's not forget, their lineup is still consisting of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie. They still have dudes that hit. Their, um, they re- they also got Tosca Hernandez. Yeah, they signed him to, a, was it a one-year or a two-year deal from uh, the Mariners there? Right, so now you add that guy into because that guy can hit too. That guy bangs. Yeah, he's definitely a hitter for sure. So this Dodgers team, man, like uh, like my man Jose likes to say, you know, the new evil empire taking over the reins of what the Yankees used to be. Moving it over to the Dodgers over there, and now these guys are set up for a very, very long time to do a lot of very, very great things. How much pressure do you think is on this team? Oh, this this team is full World World Series or bust every year. For the next 10 years. Yeah, every year for the next 10 years. It's World Series or bust, and don't get me wrong, they've kind of had those expectations for a long time, right? But that's even that's amplified even more now. With these guys coming over, with all the signings that they did, I mean, you you it's like it's a must. There, it's a must. There's no if, ands, or buts. You have to win the World Series, or else you failed expectations. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, uh, Shohei Tani did get that elbow surgery, so he's not pitching all of this year. And you know, who's to say he comes back and is as dominant as he once was? You know, on the mound. But in spring training, he looks good. He's, I think, he's hit a couple bombs already. So I mean, it obviously isn't affecting the bat. Um, hopefully, he can come back and throw. But I mean, for a, just a DH man. It, I mean, yeah. Uh, again, a lot of a lot of questions there. You're hoping for something to happen. You're hoping for the arm to come back healthy. You're hoping for him to be who he who he has showed he's been. Uh, you know what I mean? But I mean, yeah. Obviously, anything can happen. You never know what what that turns out to be with uh, with that elbow injury. Or maybe it's something that lingers on. Maybe you know what I mean. Something you deal with for the next ten years. It's a uh, uh, Jacob the Grom situation of sorts, you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? It could definitely turn out to be that kind of a situation there. So you never know. But it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see them go out and do what they've done. And, you know, it's, I mean, the Dodgers are definitely the team on paper that are uh, your World Series favorites as of right now. By a lot, too. I don't, I don't think they're the team that's 
even remotely close to being favorites like they are. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know what I mean? Like I said, we all kind of expected it, but for them to go out and still do everything else that they did with Yamamoto, Glasnow, adding those two guys to the rotation too. Like I said, right now, I can definitely see you being okay not having Shohei as a pitcher. Yeah, you know? they'll be all right. Um, but still, $700 million for a guy that you were expecting to do both things and then you maybe only get one? Seems a lot of money for a DH. And then 68 for him to be sitting on his ass at home. Yeah, after it's all done and said for, right? So. Oh, that's so crazy. So they'll, so by the year 2043, right, they'll still be paying this man $68 million. 2043, you'll still be earning that much money. That's crazy. That's crazy. He did it the right way, though. Yeah, all, I mean, that, I don't all, the, all the tax savings he's going to get for not having to pay taxes in the state of California, so... Uh, that's obviously him being a businessman there, right? But, yeah, the Dodgers definitely did what they did. That division, um, you can pretty much, I would say, lock it up now. Um, I don't think you got anybody else going there. You obviously have the Padres still. Um, A lot of high expectations last year. Um, Turned around and traded Juan Soto to your famous Yankees over there. Right, Duh. so a big move. Expected. I mean, but now what does that do for the Padres? You know what I mean? They and traded they're moving uh, Xander Bogarts, who they gave that shit ton of money to last offseason, moving him from short to second. It's so it's so crazy. It's these, like, what what are what are we doing here? These guys went and signed all these shortstops, and now none of them are playing shortstop because you have fucking Fernando Tatis in right field, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, who is it? Hong Sung Kim, who's gonna take over? Take yeah. over it short. Which don't get me wrong. I mean, last year Hong Sung Kim was definitely the guy that was carrying that team for them throughout the season. The most consistent player they had defensively looks really good. You know what I mean? And now you got the new manager and Mike Schilt over there too. Which Mike Schilt did a good job when he was with St. Louis. Don't get me wrong but now he's got a couple more guys he's got a bigger market to kind of play in and now it's just maybe he's making the right decision maybe you're wondering what the hell are you doing moving bogarts from short to second base but maybe he's maybe he knows maybe he's got a plan and he's he's understanding what the what the whole move entails right and that trade that sent soto from san diego to uh uh, the yankees just to get into it a little bit the yank or the padres received michael king who was Arguably the best, like, I wouldn't say best pitcher on the Yankees because they obviously have Garrett Cole, but he was one of their top starters. They also gave up Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Kyle Higashioka. So the Yankees essentially gave up their five, six, seven, and eight guy in their rotation, all the depth they had for a year of Juan Soto and Trent Grisham, who they kind of just threw in there. Trent Grisham kind of goes under the radar there but he's not that bad of a player no honestly he's not he's honestly a great outfielder in my opinion he's one of the guys i've liked watching in that san diego area or that san diego team for a little bit he's he's a very very good defensive guy and i mean offensively not the greatest but he definitely is going to come up with some nice hits and he's going to hit you know 250 plus 260 275 ish you know what i mean so he's definitely going to be a good guy that you, you can have on your team especially right now with the yankees where you have a a little bit of a question with all the outfielders going on, or right. and the well, lack we, of outfielders. And we know, got. you know, we all know how this Yankees team is, man. Someone's going to get hurt eventually, so <laughs> they're going to need an outfielder at some point. A typical Yankees, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, over so there, right, right now they have him as the fourth outfielder, but I mean, don't be surprised if down the line he becomes an everyday starter for them. Yeah, that definitely could happen. The Padres, though, did go sign uh, the right-handed pitcher Wu Suck Go. I want to say is how you pronounce it. Um, the 
pitcher, the Korean pitcher out of the KBO, right? Two years, 4.5 mil, which, I mean, that doesn't hurt the bank. You know what I mean? And it's one of those moves. My only problem with these Korean guys and um, even like a Yamamoto, you know what I mean? Like you've seen a lot of these guys come from the KBO or the, the league in Japan and sometimes they don't pan out. Sometimes they do. Obviously, Japan has had a little bit more luck than uh, the KBO. So it's going to be interesting to see what that guy can bring coming out of there. And um, he's had, if I remember, he had like a three, four, five, or three, five ERA or something like that in the KBO last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this guy can help both, can help that rotation or help that bullpen out there a little bit because they're gonna, they're gonna definitely need it. You know what I mean? The pitching, the bullpen, uh, especially losing all the guys like Nick Martinez, losing Josh Hader. Obviously, they didn't re-sign him, so they're gonna definitely need some help over there. Yeah, their pitching is definitely gonna be a, an issue. I just think with these pitchers that are not from the United States, it's hard to really kind of say who they're going to be or what they're going to accomplish simply because did you know their baseballs are different? I did not know that. Yeah, their baseballs are smaller than the American baseball. So so that, I mean, for example, if you throw a splitter, it's obviously going to affect how you grip it because the ball is a little bigger here. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, we've seen some of these guys in spring training. They seem to be adjusting just fine. Um yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure where you know what you can really expect out of these guys. Like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, for example, he was a three-time Triple Crown winner, and he was the Samamora Award, which is like their MVP over there. But again, how does that translate to Major League Baseball? We don't know. I mean, we've seen it with some guys like Tanaka with the Yankees. Tanaka came, had a pretty good, good year. You know good. what I mean? He wasn't great, but he had a good. He had a good year over. He had a good career over here in the in the majors. Um, same with like a U Darvish. Right, you Darvish also. I mean, he's still doing it. You know, I mean, you can't say you Darvish is uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to MLB talent. You know what I mean? He's definitely up and one of the better pitchers in the league for sure. But you know what I mean? There's still he still gets it around a little bit. He's still you know just just a above average pitcher. You know what I mean? Go out, gives you starts. He's definitely going to be there for you. Like I said, you always have that transitioning process. That transitioning process from those leagues over there um, in Asia coming over here. So it'll be interesting to see if this guy can definitely help helping that rotation, helping that bull, that pitching staff, and kind of see what comes of it from there. You know what I mean? Because you still have Arizona, like we talked about. Those guys also they've they've made some moves this year. They've done a couple of things to try to help um, impact not only their pitching rotation, but also their lineup, right? They went out and they signed Eduardo Rodriguez this year, which is, I think, personally, a very, very good lefty to add to that rotation. Now you have some veteran presence. You were dealing with a couple of young guys over there last year, especially in the postseason. And Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, right? And then you have that, What? how do you pronounce, Brandon Faft? Faft. Something like that, right? Which, guy who just came out of nowhere yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, literally a five-something ERA during the season and then just lights out in, in the postseason, right? So obviously all of that is very, very good stuff. But then you go in and you add an Eduardo Rodriguez to that rotation. And now you have a legit number. I guess you probably put him number two because yeah, Zach Gallen you're keeping at the number one spot more than likely, right? Um, but yeah, for cheap. He's oh yeah, only four years, twenty mil. I mean, that's pretty nice. That's yeah. a, that's a very team friendly contract there. For sure, and obviously being Arizona, those are going to be the kind of deals that you get. But I mean, for that kind of money, you sign a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez. The only problem that he had was that he was playing with the Tigers. 
Right. You know what I mean? That was his his that was his only downfall. He's a very very good pitcher, a guy that can definitely handle a full season as we've seen plenty of times. Right. Now you put him in a uh, now you put him with a competitive team that's expecting to go back to a World Series again. Right. And, and why not? Remember last year, you know, going back to last year's World Series, well, playoffs in general, the Diamondbacks were a very scrappy team. They didn't really have that bat in the lineup that was going to, you know, have pop. There was nobody that really had that pop in them. You had the first baseman in uh, uh, Walker. Yeah. And Walker, for, I mean, he definitely had some pop, but didn't do a whole lot. So they go out and sign Jock Peterson, who is known for having pop, Your and Eugenio Suarez, who also has pop. Eugenio Suarez struggled. That's my that's my concern with Eugenio Suarez. Is he did struggle last year um, with with uh, the Mariners, right? But again, he's he's a guy that you know has when he was with the Reds definitely proved that he can definitely be a guy for some pop. Definitely do that. They also re-signed Lourdes Gurriel Jr., which had a great postseason last year. Definitely a good guy to have in that rotation to keep around, especially when you sign him, um, you know, for three year, forty two million dollars. Right. I just think the Arizona Diamondbacks truly believe in their young core, and they truly believe they can get back to the World Series. They saw what they needed. They needed some pitching, so they signed um, Eduardo Rodriguez to deepen up that rotation, and they needed some pop in that lineup, and they get a lefty and a righty who both are known for having pop in Eugenio Suarez and John Peterson. So I love it. I love what the Arizona Diamondbacks have done this season, or offseason. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm all in. I'm a, um, I, I still have my concerns with them, if I'm being totally honest with you. Um, I don't know that last season was a norm that we can expect from them kind of moving forward. Because don't get me wrong, yeah, you add a Jock Peterson and you add uh, Eugenio Suarez into that lineup. But again, both of these guys have been known to struggle offensively at times as well. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you add some guys that definitely have the potential to help your team out. But at the same time, they could also maybe cause more of a a negative impact than a positive one. You know what I mean? If you're going to expect these guys to play and they're just not performing, if, if Eugenio Suarez comes out and does what he did last year in, in Seattle, that's not a plus. You know what I mean? That's right. that's not a plus in my eyes. You know what I mean? Jock Peterson being the DH that he is, he's definitely more of a uh, uh, hit or miss kind of guy for sure. And so um, if he comes out and misses more than he hits, that's definitely not a plus either again. You know, so... I have my questions. I I don't. I, I I'm intrigued with what they did, and I'm interested and in hope to see what what they do this year. But can they repeat and can they do what they did last year? I I, I have some questions, and and uh, my I'm leaning more towards the no than the yes. Right, and I I'm on the opposite spectrum there. I I think highly of the Diamondbacks. They proved me wrong. Literally, I chose against them in every series last year, and I think they added key things that they needed and i really do think if they weren't in the national league west if they were in the central they'd be the best team in the central i do think that i don't think they're the best team in the american league or in the national league just simply because the dodgers are in that division yeah you take the dodgers out of there i think the diamondbacks are the best team in that division well i mean you also have the giants that went out and made some moves too so you can't get can't forget about those guys. Not only did uh, the more recent news of them signing Matt Chapman to be their everyday third baseman, right? Because Matt Chapman, we all know, is a very, very good third baseman, above average, probably top six, top seven in the league, um, if not more, right? But they also went and added that Jung Ho Lee guy out of the Korean League also, which this spring has already been looking very, very good in my opinion. So you add a couple guys there 
to that now you have that rotation obviously then you go out and get a new manager and Bob Melvin has some experience has we always know that the Giants are always that just under the radar sneaky good team remember that what was it two three years ago when they won the division everybody was like what the hell like how did they win the division over the Dodgers yeah but yeah they also signed Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals they traded for Robbie Ray who didn't pitch a lot last year because he was hurt but when I mean Robbie, Robbie Ray, Ray is a Cy Young winner, yeah. so he has it in them. Um, yeah, I think those are huge signings. They've been trying to sign all these big name players. They tried the Aaron Judges. They tried, you know, the who was it this past offseason? They tried signing a bit, another big name, and they just they can't land big name players. Who was it? Uh, JD Martinez was asked that they got he got a contract from the Giants, and he's like, yeah, no, his only well, contract. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's back to the location that the Giants are in. And we talked about it before, and as shitty as it is, is San Francisco is just not a place that a lot of people want to be living right now. Right. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, it sucks for, for the organization, you know what I mean? Because now they have these problems landing these big guys that can definitely help. Um, but, but again, is a lot of people just don't want to be in that area. San Francisco has really become kind of a shithole, to say the least. You know what I mean? As far as the area itself, the homeless situation that's going on there, um, everything that's got to do with all that political stuff, not to get into that, right? But that is honestly keeping players out of that area. And I don't and, blame them. Why would you, you know, want to bring your family to live there? Exactly. Especially long term. Let's say he was to sign the three, four-year contract. <laughs> Nobody wants to bring their family to live there. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem that San Francisco is facing right now is just it's not the organization, I wouldn't say. It's not the team because a couple of years ago, I mean, they had that that great run, the great dynasty that they put together when they had the Posey, the Bumgarner. They had Brandon Bell over there, right? They had, they had all Brandon Crawford over there, right? They had all of these guys that really made a great team, and but that was 10 years ago. You know what I mean, and it, it's a it's a complete switch of the area itself, that's really keeping out a lot of great players from wanting to be in that area. Before I would have said probably yeah, fuck, Judge maybe maybe consider signing over there a little bit well, more. There's just a lot of hometown hometown talent there. You know, a lot of guys want to go back to where they're from, and a lot of the guys are from Northern California. But living there and bringing your family there was. It's tough. Yeah, it's definitely a hard thing to do for any player. You know what I mean? For any guy, really, that's anyone that's got that family, anyone that really wants to have a great career, because now you've got to be worried about other stuff off off the field. Right. You know, so, I so mean. You, I mean, yeah, just to kind of put a nail in this one, I think the Giants are honestly going to be a low-key kind of team. I would love to see them sign still a free agent as of March 2nd. Uh, Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. I'd love to see them sign one of those guys. But, I mean, I don't know. I really do think between them, the Diamondbacks, and the Dodgers, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than people might think it is. I'm not saying they're going to win it, the division, but I think they're definitely going to be with, you know, there. Well, like you said, you know what I mean? They're always that team that's always going to compete and always has a chance to do it. You know, even though they don't land a couple of these guys, which maybe keeps them from the ultimate goal that everybody wants to achieve. Um, I mean, they're still they they still go out and compete. Even last year, you know what I mean. They were still fighting in that top spot of the division for a good while there. They still have good pitching. They still have good guys there. Like you said, they added Jordan Hicks to help that bullpen as well, which we all know the the flamethrower in Jordan Hicks. If he can just find the strike zone, he's definitely a great guy to have in that bullpen. So you never know what they do over there, but definitely going to be a uh, yeah as he, as you said, uh, Dodgers and 
and Diamondbacks kind of fighting it out, I believe, as well. And you never know what happens at the end of the day, right? Right. I mean, the fact that those two guys are still freaking free agents, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. What are, I guess it's more the price tag than anything because they've both been offered contracts. You know what I mean? They've both been offered to go play stuff. I know the Yankees are very high on uh, are very high on Blake Snell still. Just don't want to give them the money that they're asking. So a lot of stuff going on with those guys there that we'll get into. But, yeah, I mean the West, the NL West is still going to be uh, – you know, a prime candidate to get your World Series winner out of. You know, and like I said, you never know what happens with the new manager over there in San Diego, too. Maybe a couple things get flipped around, and now you got some guys that uh, can definitely play a little bit more. Did you know the Colorado <coughs> Rockies are still a baseball team? Oh, yeah, they still have a team, huh? They do still have a team uh-huh. in Colorado. I forgot Just about those guys. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> I don't think you've heard Colorado Rockies news since. Oh. I don't know. Last, when Chris Bryant. Signed two, three years ago. Well, I mean, even then, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, when those two trades happened there, you know what I mean? God, I feel bad for those people, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're coming off a 103 losses. So, And I don't know that they made any serious move, no, any moves this, this offseason. They had two primary goals this offseason, was to get a backup catcher and to fill out the bench. And that's it. They, uh, I guess uh, they didn't see any other problem with that team. Yeah, I guess they don't realize that Charlie Blackman is the only guy that uh, they've had at one point in time that is, you know, coming up on age two now, unfortunately. Yeah, but, I mean, I think he denied a trade or something, but I don't blame him. The dude's an outdoorsman. He probably, I mean, he lives in Colorado, so I think it's perfect where he's at now. If he doesn't care about winning the meaningful games ever, then fuck it, stay there, man. That's also very true, right? Also very true. The uh, AL West also was... um, more so pretty quiet other than the Mariners making a couple of trades. Um, you know, like we said, they got rid of Robbie Ray. Obviously, they lost Teoscar Hernandez in the signing there. Um, what are they but, doing? They were literally in the playoffs two years ago. What are they doing? Their pitching rotation is disgusting. Why would they not invest in some key bats, some key guys in the bull, bullpen? I mean, I you don't understand why... You saw their that playoff series when they played against Houston in Seattle. People want baseball to be big there. People show out in Seattle, but they just don't give a. The organization doesn't give a fuck about winning games. Yeah, I mean they don't they, care about getting better. It's definitely tough being a Mariners fan, no doubt, because like you said, they definitely had those. They definitely had that run a couple years ago. You definitely still have a very young pitching core in the starting rotation there. Right, so you have you have some key pieces kind of put together now, but like, why not go and try to re-sign Teoscar Hernandez and give him a little bit more maybe than what the than what the Dodgers did, right? Like, why not try to keep him there? Why not go after some of these guys that are gonna impact your lineup? Because really, I mean, you did absolutely nothing but give a couple guys away. Right, you have one of the best players in the league in Julio Rodriguez. And you go out and pair him with Jorge Polanco. What is that? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like yeah, Polanco. No, you know yeah, I mean? not dissing anything on him, but my goodness, sign someone you know a little more meaningful. Why not go get Matt Chapman? You're telling me he couldn't help you out? Yeah, I mean, right now you got. I mean, I mean, and you also have uh, what's the uh, first baseman that they had there Cal last Raleigh? year? Oh no, he's the catcher. He's the catcher. Which Ty he did. France. He had a good year. Ty France is also coming. coming Ty France, in. I believe, got traded to the Braves this offseason. 
Or am I making that up? I don't know. I know they made a trade to the Braves. I don't think Ty France was involved in it. Oh, no, no. No, no. I'm thinking of someone else. Ty France is still on the Mariners. Yeah, he's Who still with the Mariners, right? Yeah, the Mariners did. They did sign Mitch Garner, too. I mean, Garver to a two-year, $24 million deal with the club option Super for 26. Dead. But, yeah, it's, it's again, you're, you're trying to find this uh, low-budget kind of team to put together. And it's, I don't, Mitch Garver isn't going to be the guy that makes that big of an impact in your, in your lineup. Um, so it's definitely tough to see, you know what I mean? They did trade Jose Caballero to the Rays for Luke Rowley as well. So, I mean, that's another bat there that they kind of added. But, again, is it going to be an impact bat? I don't think so, you know what I mean, unfortunately yeah. for them. Obviously, the good thing for the Mariners is that they are in the AL West, right? You really got nobody over there in the AL West. The Angels, we know who they are. Oakland, we know who they are. Right? I don't think they know who they are. <laughs> Las Vegas don't want them, so I'm not sure. They might just be the A's this year. Yeah, they might just be the A's. Hey, come play in Salt Lake. Screw it. You know what That's I mean? What I'm saying. Just come we'll, over here. See what see what comes of it. But leave. We still want that. Ex- yeah, we don't want you to stay. We, we just stay. we just want you here to fill in between now and the time we get the new team. We still team. want our new team. <laughs> yeah, like complete new, not just the not relocation. The, not the A's. Yeah, not the relocation here. Like we don't want you guys here. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the AL West, there's just, unfortunately... Uh, nothing. I mean, there's nothing It's nothing going to be new. Houston's still going to run that division. Yeah, Houston did go out and sign Josh Hader as well. So, now you have another... Uh, you add that guy to your bullpen now, and, I mean, Jesus. The Astros are just looking like And they signed... Um, or not, I mean, not they re-signed. They gave an extension to Jose Altuve, making him an Astro for life. Um, what does this do for like an Alec Bregman though? Yeah, he and he's a free agent this upcoming after the end of this year. Yep. So, I I think that uh, limits their ability to re-sign him, unfortunately, which means he'll be gone after this year. But again, Houston is Houston. They still got the guys of uh, Yordan Alvarez over there. In Kyle case you guys Tucker. forgot who he was, uh, Kyle Tucker. Which uh, we'll get into it on another episode of your top players, the top 100 players that came out from MLB Network. But I think Kyle Tucker definitely got robbed in the positioning that he was in there. Right. Kyle Tucker went off last year, and that guy is not someone to be played with. He is definitely a guy that any organization will want on their team. And uh, he's definitely proven that he can be that guy. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, Altuve signed a seven-year, $125 million um, contract this offseason, so. Which, congrats to him. He's definitely earned it, you know what I mean? Here, knowing his story and kind of how he got into the league and how many times he got rejected and everything like yes. that, and now he's their, now he's their franchise. Say, I mean, you can say what you want about him and, you know, the whole cheating scandal thing. It is what it is. It happened. I mean, they didn't really get, you know, and penalized for that, but at the end of the day, Jose Altuve is still a dog. He is still really fucking good at baseball. So Really, really good at baseball, in case you guys don't know. But he's definitely a guy that anybody would want. And, again, his story and just kind of how it all played out and now making now that he's the uh, – He's the face of the face of the Houston Astros. He's definitely going to be the guy that gets remembered by whenever someone brings up the Houston Astros for a very, very long time to come. Obviously, they have a couple guys in that category, but Jose Altuve is definitely one of those guys. So, I think the signing of Josh Hader is just so huge for them because their bullpen is already disgusting with Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley and Rafael Montero. Adding a Josh Hader. Now you have three legit closers over there. 
So that, really, uh, the Astros are just playing to get into what the seventh inning, sixth inning. Well, the Astros, yeah. I mean, honestly, the Astros to me are just playing for uh, see what kind of a seating they get in the postseason, and uh, you know what I mean, where they where they fall to land for their World Series chances again, because they still have the team. Um, take it what you may with everything. They're still a, a very very uh, high contender for the whole thing. Um, with everything that they got going there. So, like you said, adding Josh Hader is just another nail in that coffin that's going to help them get to, to the goal again. Five years, $95 million, making him the most paid reliever of all time. Yeah, crazy. Crazy for crazy, crazy, crazy. But, yeah, props up to him. You know, we've seen Josh Hader definitely uh, hold that closer role down in a couple of different locations and in the state of texas man that's nice yeah so good for him good for good for hater good for the good for the astros organization definitely helps bolster their chances of winning another world series again at like least guaranteeing the, the west oh i mean that's for sure there's no doubt without that that uh, excitement that we had last year with uh them who was it? Them, Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah. we're forgetting about Texas. Yeah, the, like World just, winners, the World Series winners. The World Series winners, and we're, and we're forgetting. We're chalking it up about Houston winning it all. But again, I mean, I mean, not, Texas possibly lose Jordan Montgomery. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, he's still a free agent for who knows what reason. But you lose that guy. That guy was a huge help for you guys I don't know last why year. They, or they're not trying, or at least being a little more aggressive about bringing him back. Like that's crazy to me. Did you not see what he did for you guys? Yeah, this this guy literally uh, helped you guys win that World Series ring. Without him, you guys don't do it. You no, guys don't do it last year. I'm without absolutely him. not. No. I mean, they are expected to get Jacob Degrom back at some point this year. And I'm, I mean, maybe that's why they're not going after him. But again, we, we always go back to this Jacob Degrom situation, man. The guy can definitely be the the stud that you need. The guy is definitely a better pitcher than Jordan Montgomery. Yes. The problem is, is that he doesn't pitch. Uh, the problem is, is that he's not there. Which he's I think always the best availability. Is, no, what is it? Yeah, the best available or something along being available, right? He's the best thing. Yeah, he's just not available. Yeah, and he's, he's just, just never yeah. ever available. Year, year after year, one year after the next, we see it happen again and again. He starts the season off, and he's the Jacob Degrom that everybody everybody th- knows that he is. But next thing you know, he's on the IL. He's done for the season. He's out, his and it's his elbow. Yeah, I mean, it's such a sad story to see because he is a great pitcher, and the only thing I ever hope for is to really see a full season of what he can do. Uh, nowadays, especially because I mean, it's been a while since we've seen that out of him, and so. I right, mean, and he's not a young bug, and I mean that goes for the rest of the rotation. They're bringing back another, you know, Nathan Evaldi, who yes, we understand, nasty Nate, good as hell, but again, he's not a young guy anymore. How much longer does he have in the tank? And then Max Scherzer, he's also old, and we see him run out of gas every season. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Max Scherzer is uh, more so done. I mean, I obviously he's probably still going to give you some great outings. Don't get me wrong, but. You know he's gonna be a uh, a four a four kind of pitcher at best, maybe a three guy in the rotation at best. You know what I mean? His time, don't get me wrong, Max Scherzer is one of the greatest pitchers we got to see growing up for sure. Um, but Father Time is catching up to him. You know what I mean? It's it's coming to that time in his career where he's. He's doing everything that he possibly can, obviously, to make sure that he keeps, you know, the good outings and keep everything there. But he's also known for, you know, he's he's not the guy he used to be. You know what I mean? He was definitely feared a whole lot um, when he was 
a couple of years ago he was feared a whole lot more. Now I don't think you have that fear in a lot of guys anymore. You see a Max Scherzer on the starting rotation for the day, and you're like, all right, you know what I mean? We can go out there, we can bang some runs off of him easily, four, five, six runs off of this guy, you know what I mean? And that's not something that uh, when that guy's on your team, it's definitely not a good feeling for you, you know what I mean, knowing that you're rolling him out there and guys guys are kind of excited to see him out there. And he's going to be 40 in June. He's okay. literally turning 40 years old. Max yep. Scherzer, he'll be, oh, I mean, not Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom is who I meant. Jacob deGrom is also 35, maybe yep. 36. So, I mean, these aren't young guys, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, this is what, Jacob deGrom's like third Tommy John or whatever it was? God, yeah, who knows? So, I mean, other than that, John Gray, Andrew Haney, Dane Dunning, I don't know if that's enough to get you through a full season. They're both, they're, I, again, sign Jordan Montgomery, and I think that solves a lot of problems. But I'm not sure why they're not more aggressive on Jordan Montgomery. For sure. The only thing holding that Texas Rangers team together right now is that offense that they have. Which is disgusting. Yeah, the offense is nasty to say the least, right? Um, You saw it in Corey Seager last year, right? MVP. MVP of the World Series. And, I mean, Corey Seager is by far probably my favorite shortstop in the game right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's fun to watch. He's a great He's He's good defensively. He's offensively probably the best hitting shortstop in the game. Um, put him up there with anybody else that you want to argue. You know Marcus what I mean? Marcus Simeon, very good. He's going to play 162 games. You know he's going to be out there every day unless something drastic happens. He gets hurt some way or somehow. You know that's a solid second baseman that you have every day, right? Um, Adolis Garcia, yep, dog. Yep, you saw Adolis Garcia. You saw what he did, right? Even though he missed, what was it, the last game of the World Series, right? Um, still, you saw what he did. You know game what he one, can do. Remember that walk-off he hit off of, uh, I can't remember the reliever's name right now, but he's, I, as soon as they brought him in, I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, Adolis I know. goes deep. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, I mean, Adolis Garcia, right? And then you have the young guy in, in your catcher of Jonah Heim. Right, you have the young guy in your third baseman, of, Josh Jung. Uh, Josh Jung. You have Nate uh, Low. Nate Lowe at first base. You have the outfielder that came up. I mean, he was literally called up for the postseason, pretty much. And I can't remember his name right now. Um, oh, the guy who walked, who was on base all the time. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. What the hell is his name? Evan Carter. Evan Carter. Yeah, yeah. Evan Carter Evan literally Carter. gets called up. Um, he literally gets called up for f- just for the postseason, pretty much. You know what I mean? It's kind of more so like a, hey, uh, we're going to bring you up. Let's see kind of what you can do this year. And, I mean, for being a guy that doesn't have any major league experience, he definitely had a great postseason, to right. say the least. You know what I mean? And not only that, right, but now in spring training, you're seeing they have the number six prospect in all of baseball. I believe it's the number six prospect in all of baseball. Um and this guy is, I mean, he is showing out for these guys right now. Wyatt Langford. Wyatt Langford. Fourth from, overall pick in last year's draft. Um, I'm seeing a few I've seen a few things now saying that there's a chance he might actually start with the team. I, I mean, the way he's showing it in, in spring training right now, he's got like two or three bombs right now. Um, he's definitely showing that he can definitely be there because this, this is a kid out of Florida, I believe, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, and he's definitely uh, he's turning heads. He's showing people that he belongs, that he can play already. So um, that, that offense in Texas is unreal. That offense is there. Really the, good. The problem is 
is that you're probably going to have to score 10 plus runs every day if Jacob DeGrom is hurt again. If Mag, you're still Mag expecting Scherzer. Max Scherzer to be your guy, you know what I mean? Um, John Gray, same thing, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, he's a good pitcher, but he's not going to be a guy that goes out there and gives you a sub-3 ERA on the season. You know what I mean? So Texas definitely has it. Um, the fact that they're not chasing after a Montgomery or even after a Blake Snell or something of that sort, you know what I mean, is kind of questionable to me, but you never know. You know what I mean? You never know what happens over there. Um, but it's going to be interesting to still see what Texas and Houston do fighting it out for that division. All-Star game is in Texas this year, too. Mm. Look at that. Very, very interesting there. But, yeah, um, jumping over a little bit here, my St. Louis Cardinals in the Central have made some very, very questionable moves. What are you talking about, man? Very, very fucking questionable moves. God, I have never been more disappointed in them actually doing something. Because they don't do a whole lot to begin with. Let's put that out there. But now you go out there and they think they're doing a whole lot by signing... Lance Lynn, baby. By signing the retirement party, as, as I've heard on Twitter, right? You signed Lance Lynn. Mass equals gas. Come on now. <laughs> I don't see what you're playing, but Lance Lynn's a great guy. Hey, don't get me wrong, man. I love Lance Lynn. He is a dog, for sure. You know what I mean? He loves to go out. He loves to compete, but... Again, he's Lancelot. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna surprise anybody and go out and have a Cy Young type year. Remember right? when he got shelled in his last game against the Diamondbacks? Jesus, man! And then and then you go out and you sign Kyle Gibson. <laughs> Again, another forty year old, I think, out there. Uh, you get him over from Baltimore, which I, 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 uh, I can't do nothing but laugh at these guys right now. So you go out, you sign Kyle Gibson. The one huge plus that I do love was Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray get it added into that rotation. The guy's a stud. I love everything about Sonny Gray. Not going to overpower anyone, but he's got a lot of movement. He's going to go up and down, in and out. He's going to move the ball around, and he's going to definitely be a very good pitcher again, I believe, you know what I mean? But Probably would have won the Cy Young if it wasn't for Garrett Cole. Yeah, that, that very, very solid case there, you know what I mean? But Lance Lynn and... You add Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson to a Miles Michaelis rotation there. Now you have Sonny Gray leading the charge, and you're just like, uh, what, are, what are we doing? Lance Lynn, DRA last year, 5.73. Kyle Gibson, I think, had a 4-something. Kyle Gibson was a 4.73. <laughs> yeah. Like, so a whole run better. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Why, why, does, why, why do you think all of this makes sense? And I get the argument that there was no leadership in the clubhouse last year. Obviously, it was your first year without Yachty or Molina, so um, you lose that big piece. But now Yachty's going to be back in there. Well, he's going to be back with the team as an advisor of some sort, right, which is a huge plus. But it's like, do you really think this is what's going to help the team and this is what's going to get you there? Because Well, let's just say, hypothetically, they have a really fucking terrible year or even, let's say, terrible first half. How quick are they to fire him or your guys' current manager and throw in Yachty? I mean, he's there now. He'll well, be there, right? Well, well, I hope it's quick. Because I, last year, the whole thing was he wanted to spend time with his family, kind of step away for a little bit. Yeah. Now that he's, like, officially, like, back and has a role with the team, I mean, they might be quicker to pull the plug on your guys' manager. Well, and, and I'm hoping that's why they brought him in as this special advisor or whatever the hell the whatever case. made up. Yeah, know. whatever made-up name they have and not as an actual, like, bench coach or anything like this because I'm hoping I, – I don't like Barmuller. I don't like – 
I don't like Ollie there as the head coach. I want him gone. I He needs to, I mean, this is coming up on his third year now, right? And his first year, again, he had Yadier Molina. So my guess is Yadier Molina was the one really making all the moves. Marmol was just there to have the title because Yadi was still a player, right? So my hope is that if they start off in a shit position, that they are very quick to say, sorry, it's over, Yadi, take over the helm. Right. Again, I mean, I don't hate the moves as much as you do, and that's probably coming just from an outside perspective because I think what this does is it get, at least gives you guys chances of quality starts. Like, I think you guys don't have just fucking random dudes up there hoping they can give you... Because Lance Lynn will give you good start Again, I'm not saying these guys are Cy Young winners. I mean, Sonny Gray could be. But Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, I understand, won't give you guys, you know... Cyan outings every out, you know, every time. But I think what it does is it gives you a little more depth than what they didn't already have. They didn't have depth to start with. This gives you a little depth. Again, not the cream of the crop, oh, crop here, but I think it's better than what they did have. No, and I definitely agree like Matthew with Matthew Li- uh, Libertor, Libertor, yeah. whatever. I mean, you're hoping you're, that he can come he's up. He's going to benefit from having three, you know, veteran guys on that in that rotation now. I mean, I can definitely see it for sure. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, the whole leadership argument, I think, is definitely a good argument for the situation. But at the same time, do you just want leadership guys there that can't perform? Or do you want guys there that are going to be that have that kind of leadership, have that veteran presence, but are still going to be able to, you know, give you what you need out of a guy to still contend and win and win a team, win a division even? Because right now, while, yes, I know that they went from last and a lot of people are even projecting them to be the division winners now, like. You still have the Reds. You still have the Cubs, right? Both of these teams are still very good, and you still have the Brewers even. You know what I mean? Because even with the Cardinals, right, is now you have you have that pitching rotation, right? You traded O'Neal and you went and got two bullpen pieces to help that bullpen out as well, which was god-awful last year also. So now you add two guys in there that throw gas, can command the zone, go out there and get you outs, right? And then on the offensive side, you went out and you added Brandon Crawford. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I get what you're saying. You need depth. You need that depth in the offensive side, right? Brandon Crawford isn't going to be your everyday starter because I'm expecting Mason Wynn to step in and be that guy. I think it's time. I don't know. I don't know why you would hold him back any further. He's definitely showing this spring training that he's ready. He's already getting hot and getting going. Jordan Walker, you're expecting to step up and get going, right? Now you got Newt Barr as well. You still have Dylan Carlson, and plus you still got the two guys on the corner of the infield in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. That infield's gonna be kind of nasty, though. That infield is gonna be nasty. Brandon Donovan, I I love Brandon Donovan. Everything that he brings, and Wilson Contreras behind the dish. I mean. I like what they have. Their pitch and rotation to me isn't what isn't going to cut it because no. now you're still expecting these guys to put up a lot a lot of runs in order to win ball games. Because again, Lance Lynn five something ERA last year. Maybe him coming back to St. Louis kind of sparked something in him to get a little bit better, right? Kyle Gibson a four almost a five ERA. Like you're going to have to put up runs. You have the guys, right? But does it happen? I, I again I I don't know. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I definitely, yeah, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I They're in a weird spot, and I think it's just a matter of that pitching, can it hold up? Probably not. They're old guys. They mm-hmm. they haven't been able to, but again, it's depth that they didn't have last year. Well, and It's definitely better. Going into this season, you're definitely in better hands than you were last season. I agree. 
I'm not saying by a lot. I'm not saying that's going to be the difference in winning the division or not. But you're in a you're in a way better position now than you were last year this time. And I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And then again, it kind of goes to the whole Max Scherzer argument, right? Say you do get into the postseason, how gassed are these guys now? Yeah. You're now you're relying on a Lance Lynn and a Kyle Gibson to now get you through a postseason, and uh, can they do it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, you know what I mean. It's hard for me to say that they can. You know what I mean. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Obviously, always going to be hoping for the best out of these guys. Um, but you still have the Cubs that went out and made some moves. Obviously, the recent news of them re-signing Cody Bellinger, right? Cody Bellinger, I think, had an amazing year last year, right? But then they also signed Shota Imanga. The is he from? He's from Japan, right? I think so. So he, they signed that guy from Japan over there, and then you still have the likes of Dan B. Swanson, Ian Happ over there, right? You still have those guys. So um, the Cubs are definitely still going to be contenders, and I think the real fight is going to be for the Reds. I mean, the Reds still have that really, really young core that we saw get hot for a little while last year. Um, you know, and I think they have a legit chance of doing a little bit more this year. Um, with what they have going and what they did, they went out and they signed the Nick Martinez and Emilio Pagan. So not only their starting rotation, but their bullpen now is getting bolstered as well. So they're doing what they need to do. Signed a Jeremy Candelario guy can hit a little bit as well. So the Reds have definitely went out and did some of the moves that they need to do to, you know, really solidify that. Or I think hope, the Reds are going to be good. Hopefully solidify that division for them because yeah, I mean they're definitely going to be be a powerhouse there still so yeah i think the reds are going to be good i think the cubs signing cody bellinger was a must but again he was on the team last year so it's not like they it's a huge upgrade because the cubs didn't do anything last year so again what he has to repeat what he did you know last year which he hadn't done fucking three or four years but his contract being three years 80 million dollars with opt-outs after the first two years I think kind of sucks for the Cubs because let's say he does go out and have the season that he did last year. Well, now he's gone again. He's going to opt out and take another contract. Well, and I think I don't I don't necess- I think the Cubs were expecting him to be gone this year. I think yeah. the I think the fact that they re-signed him was just a little bit of a plus. That's why they were okay giving him the two opt-out years. You know what I mean? Because I don't think they were expecting to re-sign him at all. But with everything going on with the whole Scott Boris situation and all the guys he's representing over there, um, I think it was just one of those things that was like, hey, we'll take you for another year. We'll take you for two or three years if that's what you'd like. But we'll give you the opportunity to leave if that's what you want because you're at the end of the day, you're still going to help us out, um, especially because they also had that signing from the Japan guy last year. Um, that was also a very good add as well to them. You know what I mean? So I think that was more so just a, hey, we'll do it. You know what I mean? Because it's going to help us out. We weren't expecting to have you back anyway. So if you decide you want to leave in the next couple years, we're fine with that too. Right. Right. And then the Brewers in that division as well. I mean, Corbin Burns gets traded to the Orioles. I mean, he's gonzo, right? But I think that move was um, very anticipated um, with all the arbitration argument that went on and how he felt uh, the way the organization handled the arbitration um, cases and everything like that, right? That trade was crazy to me. Corbin Burns literally got traded for Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall in the 24th draft pick. We're talking about arguably a top three pitcher in the National League, and he got traded for fucking two guys. Not even Orioles' top three prospects, nothing. Like, literally, it almost was just a gimme here. Like, 
Corbin Burns or the Brewers, I think, got finessed in this trade. I really do. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I don't know if they were just accepting anything at this point, but I think it was more so just kind of that situation where you know the guy doesn't want to be here. Let's get you out of here and kind of see what makes sense for us at the end of it. Right. They did sign uh, Jackson Churio, their top prospect, though, for eighty-two million dollars. And he hasn't played a single game in the MLB. He hasn't played AAA ball. That's what a lot of teams are doing, though. That's how you lock up a lot of the potential talent that could be. You know what I mean? I think. So. I mean, I agree, but I feel like you gotta at least show something first. You gotta at least. I don't know. I mean, they must think really, really. I mean, they obviously think very highly of this guy, but he must be. I think he's like MLB's number two prospect in all of baseball, two or three or something like that. Um, I know he's top five for sure. So. I mean, I can see why you would do it. I mean, take a chance on it. You know what I mean? Teams take chances on people all the time. And when you have a young guy that you can control for a very, very He's long time. He's number two, top prospect. Yeah, see, when you have a young guy that you can control for a very, very long time, I think I would do the same thing in that kind of a situation. They also signed Reese Hoskins, which I think is a very, very good very good sign. Oh, yeah. It's a great trade. I love Reese Hoskins. I love everything that he brings. He's definitely a solid first baseman, and he can hit the ball a little bit too, and you sign him for two-year, 34 mil. I mean, I think that's a great that's a great uh, signing there for those guys. As yeah, well. unfortunately, he went down last year with uh, well, it was Tommy John, I believe, and um, then you had Bryce Harper just kind of take over first first base. So really, he had no future with the Phillies anymore, to be yeah. honest with you. So yeah, I love it. I love the trade or the pickup by the Brewers. Um, yeah, I think that's a good solid pickup for them in a division that's very winnable. Um, it's going to come down to the Brewers pitching staff and how they hold up, getting especially losing a. Uh, Losing Corbin Burns, I mean, you still have the likes of Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta over there. You still have the likes of Brandon Woodruff. Exactly. You know what I mean? You still have some guys over there, so it's just going to come down. And then the closers and, and the bullpen, they still have a very solid bullpen as well. So it's just going to come down to how their pitching rotation holds up, in my opinion, um, which can definitely still keep them in there. But like we said, uh, Corbin Burns moving over to the Orioles, a team that is a very, very, very solid team, as we saw last year. A lot of young guys, um, a lot of guys really showing that they belonged last year, um, getting led by, a, what is it now, a third-year guy in Adley Rushman. Well, yeah, I mean, the Orioles did go out and also sign Craig Kimbrell, which I understand he's a veteran guy, but with Felix had, had your bullpen with had. Felix Bautista going down for the year with Tommy John, I mean, you did need an actual closer, and they have the um, the other guy. God, I can't. Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, Cano, Yanir Cano. I mean, but yeah, I think adding Craig Kimbrell helps him out a lot. I I wish they would have done something something else. They needed. I mean, I guess they still can, right? Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery still out there. If they had one of those guys to that rotation behind Corbin Burns, I mean, I mean that'd be huge. But I don't think they do it just for the simple back fact that they money. that they don't want to spend the money, and they also got a Corbin Burns in a pretty pretty lopsided trade that favored them heavily. You know what I mean? Um, now you add a number one guy for sure, and you got a lot of young arms over there too. You know what I mean? So now you add Corbin Burns into that rotation. You show these young guys kind of what it's like from a veteran guy that's shown that he's a Cy Young guy, you know what I mean, that's shown that he's a top 10 pitcher in the league. Um, you definitely uh, you definitely bring all of that stuff over to over to those young guys and hope that that helps, you know, their their performance over the season as well. So I'm very high, very high on the Orioles again. Those guys keep doing it. Um, but that whole AL East division has definitely done a whole lot. Obviously, like we said earlier, your Yankees signing uh, or trading for Juan Soto. Oh, yeah, baby. You know what I mean? 
You have no idea how excited I am for Yankees baseball this year simply because of this man. I think Juan Soto brings so much to this team that it needs. Uh, he's not a he's not your typical Yankee hitter. I mean, don't get me wrong, he hits bombs and stuff like that, but he's not a strikeout guy. He walks more than he strikes out, which is insane nowadays. But they also signed Alex Verdugo, who's awesome. I think they a, traded a, or for traded him. for Verdugo, who's an underrated I think move for them because. Although things in Boston were kind of going bad for him with management and playing and all that stuff, I do think he's a pretty good player. They also signed Victor Gonzalez, um, the lefty reliever from the Dodgers. They signed, uh, or no, they haven't signed, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, God, I can't think of the other reliever. They got another reliever, I just can't think of his name right now. Yeah, but the Yankees are still heavily favored, too, for the uh, Blake Snell sweepstakes as well. I mean, he's one of the guys that... uh, has offered the Yankees have offered Blake Snell a a, a contract now and um, they've offered him twice. Yeah, and and he keeps. Well, I don't know if it's him or the guy representing him, but whatever the case may be, is is he's not agreeing to anything over there with those guys. Yet. Oh, Marcus Stroman, that was the other uh, pitch yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, they signed Marcus Stroman. Honestly, dude, don't get me wrong. I like Stroman. Um, I like the way he goes out. I like the way he competes. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's um, – I think he's an average major league pitcher. Yeah. I, um, I think he's going to get hit around more in that smaller ballpark than anything. Um, I, I I personally think it's – it's this is going to be one of those negative signings more than anything. Um, you're expecting Ruadone to come back also, and from what I've seen from one of his outings is he's, he's, he's struggled a little bit. Um, so you're hoping that that's not something that continues to carry on. You know what I mean? You you gave that guy a lot of money over there, so you're hoping that something comes out of him or that he steps up and, and you know, proves that he's worth the money that he got. So that'll be interesting to see there. But Yeah, I think, like I said, going into the season, you know, it's very different. It's a different field this year. Like you said, Carlos Rodon, he, he lost a lot of weight. He was there a couple weeks before you – Pitchers and catchers need to report, so he's taking it a little more serious this year. I think, like you said, Marcus Stroman is a very average pitcher. He did carry the Cubs the entire first half. We were talking about how the, how he could be a Cy Young winner, how he should be traded at the deadline. Then he got hurt, and then it kind of just all went downhill from there. Never the same pitcher. But I think assuming he's healthy, I mean, he's going to give you quality starts. I'm not saying he's going to be ace material because he is probably their three or four guy right now. And, again, I don't mind him being a three or four guy. He's not an ace. He doesn't have to worry about being, you know, the lead, the best pitcher on the team like he did with the Cubs. Yeah, that is very true, and especially with that lineup. I mean, you add the likes of Juan Soto next to that Aaron Judge, whether it's in front of him or behind him, whatever you decide to do. I think they're, I think, I think, uh, they're having him at the two spot. I think Judge will bat three, ah. and then I think it goes Rizzo-Stanton or Stanton-Rizzo. Unless Rizzo and Stanton, I know Stanton came in in extremely better shape as well this year also. Yeah, it's almost kind of scary. He yeah. sick. Yeah, I mean, it's like I hope it was in a good way. I hope it wasn't anything bad or anything like that. But Stanton looks very good. My concern is still Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton trying to protect an Aaron Judge in that lineup might not do it. 
So you might still be better off putting Judge in the two-hole and, and uh, Soto in the three-hole because Soto is your better hitter. Soto isn't going to strike out as much, like you said. Soto is going to be more of your um, your line-to-line kind of a hitter with major pop, right? So if you can put him behind, behind Judge to protect Judge a little bit more, I think that's going to benefit that lineup a whole lot more than trying to put a Rizzo or a Stanton, at least for the time being back there. Unless they prove otherwise this year, I think that's the better move for the Yankees. Right. I don't know. I Like I said, it, this team has a different feel. Anthony Rizzo had a shitty year last year because he was playing with fucking CTE all last year. Dude was banged up and nobody knew it, or I'm not sure if he just tried playing through it. But this um, spring training, he's looked so much better. He's gone deep, I believe, three times already. So DJ LeMay, he was coming off a couple injuries. So, again, if it's all just a matter of the team can stay healthy, and that's all it is. This team's healthy. It's probably one, probably the best team in the American League, honestly. I really do believe that. But for them to all be healthy at the same time doesn't happen often. Yeah. No, I mean, and I can definitely see that because you went out and, I mean, in that division, we know the best division in all of baseball. The Blue Jays uh, went out, signed Kevin Kiermeyer and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, right? So they're trying to add up to their to their lineup there. Yeah, giving them some depth a little bit there. So, um, which the Blue Jays, I mean, they played good at times last year. They played shitty at times last year. You know what I mean? They were in the fight for a little while. They, they kind of fell off for a little while, right? So... A couple of different things there for the Blue Jays I think can definitely help. But for me, honestly, the most interesting signing um, in that whole division is going to be the Yariel Rodriguez. Uh, the Cuban guy played in Japan for a little while, supposedly got some lights out stuff, got a whole, got a lot of, uh, got a very live arm, some good movement on that stuff. Um, so to see what he kind of brings into that rotation there is going to be kind of very interesting for me to see. Uh, for me to watch at least you know what i mean that's one guy that i'm excited to see just kind of how he does this year and what he does for that blue jays organization because you have the yankees you have the orioles and then the red sox to me kind of uh didn't do anything yeah i mean they they signed uh tyler o'neill they, they traded for Tyler O'Neill. They did sign Lucas Giolito, which Who's again, so bad. Which again, yeah, Lucas Giolito is, is he he's got the potential to be uh, to be good, um, but more so than not isn't. Maybe it was where he was playing. Maybe it was you know, maybe it was the location. I don't know what it is, but. Um, yeah, that doesn't necessarily give me a lot of a lot of hope and aspiration for the Red Sox there and then you go out and you trade a uh Chris Sale for a bag of chips and some soda pop <laughs> essentially they got Vaughn Grisham but they got Vaughn Grisham which don't get me wrong he's good but they also sent 17 million dollars to Atlanta with Chris Sale with, who, yeah. who looks unbelievable right? yeah. literally looks like a reincarnated version of Randy Johnson if, right now if you if you can if Chris Sale stays healthy and if Chris Sale is you know if Chris Sale is there all year you might have the Cy Young candidate Chris Young for darn near nothing on a team that has always the potential to win the World Series yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Because the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, also didn't do anything but get rid of some guys. Right. They got rid of Tyler Glass. Now they got rid of Manuel Margot. Right. So now it's like the Rays didn't do anything. Um, the Red Sox probably got worse. Yep. <laughs> and now you're just sitting again. To me, that also that Chris Sale, seeing what he does in in Atlanta. 
you add him into that rotation with Spencer Strider. You had him into that rotation with uh, um, they re-signed what's his name Charlie uh, Black or not Charlie Black, <laughs> Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. They re-signed him, which I'm very high on. Charlie Morton, very crafty pitcher that goes out there and moves the ball around a lot. Right now, you add Chris Sale into that. That could, I mean, at least from what we've seen so far in spring training, looks very very good. Yeah, looks very good. So. Um, yeah, that that whole Red Sox situation there sucks because they seem to have gotten worse, but the Braves seem to have gotten a guy that could uh, potentially win a Cy Young for darn near nothing. Right, and I don't, and I'm, I've been saying this with the Toronto Blue Jays, they're not a good team. They've had the same yeah. team for three, four, five years now and have done nothing. Yeah, they don't add to their pitching. They don't add to their lineup. I don't understand why people think they're so good. They're not good. They don't. If they were to sign the Sotos or the Otanis like they were in the you know talkings for, then maybe. But they don't. They Isaiah kind of Falefa doesn't do anything to that lineup. Kevin Kiermaier was already on that team. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Don't get me wrong, he's an okay player. I, that, that's all I think he is. I think he's okay. Yeah. The best player on that team is Boba Shett, in my opinion. Well, Boba Shett, and you still have um, George Springer. Yeah, Springer yeah, too. Have, so you have guys. Kevin Gosman is probably the second best pitcher in the American League behind Garrett Cole. Yeah. They have dudes, but it's the same team they keep running out there year in and year out, and it doesn't get them anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that too. I mean, they compete for a little while, then they fall off, then they compete for a little while, and then they fall off, right? So. Maybe that depth with Kiner Falefa, a utility guy that can play multiple positions, helps out a little bit. Um, and then you lose Matt Chapman also, you know what I mean? So now what, are you expecting a Kiner Falefa to play third base? or? I mean, he is a gold lover at third. I you know what I mean? But he's not that great of a hitter no, offensively, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. Because the Mets went out, or well, jumping over to the National League over there, I guess, right? We talked about Atlanta being Atlanta, signing, getting another pitcher now. Um, but then the Phillies are pretty much the same Phillies of old, right? They uh, they did re-sign um, Aaron Nola. Which they needed to. Which, yeah, was definitely a, a must-do for those guys if, if they wanted to um, compete again and kind of do what they were expecting to do. Then you have the Mets that are the Mets, right? Not expecting a whole lot there. Luis Severino. Yeah, you Mike signed Luis Severino. Sean Manaya, two guys who are in. They're okay. they're so so pitchers, right? Luis Severino can definitely be a good pitcher, but he just can't seem to figure it out. You know no, what I mean? Something's wrong. Sean Manaya goes on his sprints as well, where he's a he's a good pitcher, but the sprints are short lived. Short, yeah. yeah, they're short lived. And then uh, the Washington Nationals go out and sign a guy on Joey Gallo, and you're just like, well, Joey Gallo seems to be uh, just. His career seems to be just going further and further down the wrong side. Then right, I also think it's a positive for Joey Gallo simply because I don't see the Washington Nationals being good. Right, I don't see them in the running for the division or for a playoff spot. So if Joey Gallo can perform, he could be traded to a contender. That's, that's true. the same thing. That's the same thing that I think about Chapman. Why would a Roldis Chapman sign with the Pittsburgh Pirates? Well. No reason other than, eh, let's hope we get traded mid-year to a contender. That's the only thing. And, I mean, same thing for the team, right? We can sign these guys, hope that happens, and then maybe we get a little something back in return for them. Right. Yeah, so I can definitely see what you're doing there. So, 
I mean, yeah, the NL East or the NL East still seems to be kind of the two-headed monster race over there between Philly and Atlanta. Yeah, Miami didn't do really anything either. They signed uh, Tim Anderson, Josh Bell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tim Anderson. Don't get me wrong, was a good guy a couple years ago, and just kind of got caught up in CT yeah. by Jose Ramirez. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean. It's kind of is what it is. I mean, a lot of great stuff that's gone on there. You still have, like we talked about earlier, a lot of free agents that are still um, available, especially in those pitchers, those two pitchers of Tyler Glass now and and uh, what's the other guy's name? Jordan Montgomery, right? But even at that, you still have a guy in Julio Urias, which obviously he's got his off-field problems that I guess is probably keeping people away. But Michael Lorenzen... Um, Mike Clevenger, Rich Hill, right? Johnny Cueto, Noah Syndergaard, Jake Odorizzi, Vince Velasquez, Michael Boyd, right? You still got a lot of pitchers out there that can definitely help a team in in one way or another. Um, So, I guess, I mean, it seems like It's fucking ridiculous. The last game was played November 1st. And you're telling me you can't find a team or a contract to agree on in four months? Kind of crazy. I guess I've never been in a situation like that, right? Don't get me wrong. Blake Snell's coming off a Cyan, so he's trying to milk every possible dollar he can get. But it's March 3rd. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you can't fucking find out, find a contract in that much time? Well, again, we t- kind of... Spring training's two weeks in. These guys have been playing for about two weeks now. The Dodgers and uh, Padres start the season in two weeks from right, right now. Yeah. They what play- are we doing? I mean, again, we kind of brought it up a little bit, but it might be the whole uh, Scott Boris uh, agency kind of stuff that's that's hindering these guys a little bit. You know, maybe he's not letting them sign, or maybe he's telling them something that's keeping their minds away from just kind of doing it. You know what I mean? Because we saw, um, what was that thing you sent me about, uh, who was it, Cody Bellinger, I want to say, right? The signing of him or the contract that he was offered a while ago. Oh, uh, how, oh, Matt Chapman. How all these guys were expected to get like 10, 11, 12 years, like 200 yeah. something million. And they're all getting short term deals. The Blue Jays offered Matt Chapman well over 100 million. Um, but they were shooting for what he was shooting for was 150. Ends up signing with the Giants for three year, 54 million. Cody Bellinger is seeking a 200 million plus contract. Uh, ends up signing three-year, $80 million. And both of those guys are also getting represented by Scott Boris as well. So maybe that has something to do with what's going on. I think it's a little ridiculous, but, uh, I mean, it kind of... It's very ridiculous, especially because these next, like, the last two big names out there are pitchers. And pitchers get take a little more longer to get going. You know, they got to get familiar with the pitching coach, the catchers, and stuff like that. So I don't understand why they don't have... Some kind of urgency to want to sign. I get it. I'm not going to sign for one year, ten bucks. But holy shit! Like, yeah, let's figure it out. Yeah, it's gotten pretty crazy. It's gotten pretty ridiculous. And these guys need to find a team asap, in my opinion. So, I mean, obviously, we went through a lot here. A lot of great stuff going on. We got a lot of great people. A lot of great stu- new faces on in new jerseys. A lot of uh, new locations for a lot of these guys. So it's definitely going to be a fun season to watch, another interesting season. And who knows, like we said, who knows what turns out at the end of it. Nobody expected Arizona in the World Series last year, and you saw what happened. So anything can happen at any given point in time. Um, 
so yeah we'll obviously be keeping you guys updated we appreciate all of you guys again for following us our uh, social media game is going to get ho- stepped up this year as well so we'll be there on twitter a whole lot more um you know keeping you guys updated on the regular with everything like that but it's going to be fun it's going to be very interesting carlos any last words you got for these guys yeah go yanks baby whoa there you have it folks we'll see you guys on the next one thanks again so much for everything <laughs>